18th, so you chose to listen to our bonus episode. This takes place after the new trilogy and is just a fun, weird place to talk about some developments in the external media, things JJ from set off screen, which is fun. <laughs> My favorite. What we know happened off screen slash uh, headcanons to make any of this make sense. Maybe touch on Colin Trevor's leaked OG Duel of the Fates. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, if we want to touch on any key takeaways for, you know, when the dust settles, what our perspective on this trilogy might be. So to dive us in, we left the main pod talking about Hot Ben Solo and uh, Ray. And so I wanted to talk about AKA Ben Solo. J- <laughs> AKA JJ's, from his perspectives, little, fa- little, little fascist siblings who like to kiss on the mouth. What could be more Star wars than siblings <laughs> kissing on the mouth, though? I would like to put I that know, out there. For sure. For sure, but like, <laughs> fuck him. Anyway, um, little Nazi youths just macking away, and also they're related, sort of. Anyway, <laughs> carry on. Ben Solo is a very interesting character that we have to deal with because, like, he has one final good deed where he helps Ray defeat Palpatine. He sacrifices his life to save her, but like up until then, he's a Nazi and a bad guy. But like, but he has schizophrenia, kind but, of. Yeah, but like he had schizophrenia maybe because like Palpatine was and, all and the not bad like, voices in his head, and not like schizophrenia, which would requ- which normally requires real people to take like some sort of like sense of agency and like make a decision to be healthier or whatever. No, it's just schizophrenia he can't do a goddamn thing about because it's magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a new Marvel comic was released prior to the release of this film by Charles Soule called The Rise of Kylo Ren. So this is between, this this is supposed to take place in between um, Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker? No, this is like The Rise of Kylo Ren as in how Ben Solo becomes Kylo Ren. Oh, okay. So, so this is like after he flees uh, nope. Luke's before, nope. because no. Mary, did you know he didn't actually kill his fellow students uh, that were part of uh, training with Luke? Did well, you know what that- happened to th- what happened to those little scamps? There, if they were was- victims of sh- school shooters. <laughs> No. Uh, so after Luke senses darkness in his nephew and is tempted to kill him, the temple bursts into flames by, quote, some unseen force. Oh, come on. Um, ben Solo is horrified. He, We literally see him say, I don't want this. He cries. Uh, a few surviving students assume he killed Luke and others. And so he flees in a state of guilt and doesn't feel like he can go home. So he goes to Snoke, who cradles a scared and confused boy in his arms. Uh, we find out he... You have to be pretty scared and confused to go to that person for comfort. I mean, um, like, right. Well, but he... but isn't in the movie... They, they, I know this is, like, the opposite of before, where I'm like, it's not in the movie. You're like, it's not in the comic. But isn't it strongly implied that the knights are the people that he, like, took with him? Because, like, Luke says he killed he killed his classmate, or he, he took a few classmates with him and he slaughtered the rest. Yeah. So... No, I... Okay. I, I, yes, apparently that... That is not what happened. That's just what Luke assumed. Just like they assumed Got it. that, like, he he would killed his classmates. Like, apparently, he didn't do that. And um, and I say apparently because like that's how great all of this canonical storytelling is. Because well, this comic book I, author clearly recognized that he was like, uh, we got a school shooter situation on our hands, and it's um, it's 2019. So no, yeah, we're no, not. And, and so that's a that's the thing. I'm fine with this. It's just. When you when you brought it up in the podcast, like it is hard that J.J. Abrams leaned so hard on the Nazi imagery in the very first movie, and then like we have other people who are like not left to deal with 
So apparently he wasn't really involved in Starkiller Base. According to canon, this new canon can like contradicts what the films had uh, implied and the script and novelization for The Force Awakens. We find out that Kylo Ren had no involvement in Starkiller Base and is horrified when Snoke and Hux decide to use it. He didn't stop the attack, but he he tried to speak against it before it happened. <laughs> I will say it is I, I do feel sorry for these writers, but I am sort of cheered that they like saw all the stuff that we saw and were like, oh, no. Well, well I'm that, just going to. That's why I didn't like, bring up I gotta... any of this because the whole point, like because all of your points are well taken. But in the canon, literally none of that's real. Like the only like the one thing he does is kill Han Solo, which literally haunts him. Like, yeah, what, what, and makes sense from a narrative perspective. Yeah, but totally. so, like, I totally understand that. It is, it's just, it's one of those things where, for me, I understand, I understand why if you are going to write Star Wars um, comics or literature or whatever, like spinoffs, whatever you want to do, I appreciate that they don't feel backed into a corner, and I also appreciate that they that they they recognize that this is really problematic and is going to get in the way of the kind of story that they want to tell. Totally, um, totally. So I, I know underst- that we know that this is pretty much a retcon, but yeah, like it I gets I, to exist in the canon. I'm happy with that personally. But what, but what blows my mind is if this is so evident to anybody, to like people who are writing things. Yeah. Then why? Why do we have as like the centerpiece, um, like main course of this of the, of this uh, store of this like a uh, franchise, a story that like biffs it on so many levels? Like, yeah, what what is that about? And I don't have an I don't expect you to have an answer to that. No. I, I don't think there is an answer to that. But I guess my only comment on that is like, wh- why do we let the people? Why do we let the people who did this tell the story? If everybody else involved with it recognizes that it's bad. I agree. Like, that's just, it It makes me feel profoundly sad. It is. It's so sad. J.J. should not have been in charge of this. Like, that's what this tells us. That other people understood why that was a goddamn mess. Yeah. Well, I don't feel as lonely anymore. I did feel pretty lonely. I, I find it's really hard to find critical things like like what we did yeah. about... Rise of Skywalker because I think it's so bland otherwise that people are just like, whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, and and don't, which is why I kind of thought it was important to unpack it in that particular venue. No, <laughs> um, to- totally agree. But totally it makes me agreed. feel less lonely. That's why I wanted lonely. to have this little bit of like a bonus yeah. because I didn't want to distract yeah. from that conversation, but I did want to talk about because I found it, it makes me like- feel less, yeah, less lonely to know that authors like, I, I would assume, I don't have evidence, but I would assume because they did this, agree with me. That makes yeah, me feel better. No, uh, 100%. Yeah. And it goes back to like a question we asked, which is like, all right, so let's say then that Ben isn't that bad. You know, like Ben was mm-hmm. a confused kid who was like in the wrong place and everyone assumed the worst of him. And like that scene we have in The Last Jedi when she first sees him and he's like, he's like, the last time you saw me, you called me a monster. Do you think that, and it, like, and like, I don't know what exactly he says, but basically you realize that like, he is like, he sees in her and he like, is a little bit sad and he's like, yeah, you know, you've, you know, I'm a monster. And like, you know, like it, that, it makes more sense that he's someone who like, his story is worse than who he is, but like, it's been like, accepted by everyone to the point where like, he doesn't even fight against it, you know? That is more interesting to me than, like, he's a Nazi. Yeah. But then it brings this larger problem, which is at the end of all of this, 
all these people died for him then yep. then he dies at the end instead of like having to like fix anything you know what i yeah. mean it like, makes it all very futile yeah yeah it's very fatalistic and really hopeless if like at the end he's still like has to die and can't like actually try to like be a redeemed person um i know that that's how star wars ends i'm not like arguing that i thought that ben solo was gonna live i'm just saying right if literally the point of this is that all of our main heroes died for this boy that he still dies suspect this most specialist boy yeah i mean yeah um (laughs) who's so special but we didn't even for a moment question why if we could ever walk back all the terrible things that we have visually told you he's done yes yeah like what i i just don't know so um would you do you like these comics are they good yeah they're they're good they're fine yes they're they're entertaining I've, you know, I've read Leia, Princess of Alderaan. I've read mm-hmm. uh, Bloodlines. I do enjoy canon expansion. And, like, because we live in a weird world wherein um, it's almost like explainer culture uh, is is almost partly responsible. Like, I'm okay with an expanded universe and the fact that uh, there are more ways to dive in and engage. But I hate that, like, filmmakers now don't have to, like, actually include, per- like, prescient parts of stories in their movies. Because people like me will read them and just tell people, you know, like, I hate that totally. because I think that that's not good storytelling. Well, so, and I mean, that that honestly, it harkens back. I almost I have almost two thoughts about it, which are like George Lucas definitely did not care what anybody thought <laughs> beyond him because he created it. And I totally get it. It'd be like. Um, it'd almost be like as if if uh, J.K. Rowling cared about the fan fiction that were written about Harry Potter. Oh, wait, she does, and it's super obnoxious. Yeah. But, like, I think that is sort of, like, there's sort of two different ways you can go about this. Either you can be like, this is my story, I own it, which is something, basic, which is a move basically only George Lucas can do. Um, and the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's kind of sad that we just, like, 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 Disney has, like, completely taken that away from him. I know he's, like, sitting on a pile of money and does not care. No, but yeah, like, but, but, but I agree. You know, what I mean? that's like a weird, it's a weird thing. And then like everyone was like, hooray, they'll be good again. And then we had this. Um, but yeah, this is a real um, hot bummer. It's a hot bummer. But like, I almost wonder if it sort of goes back to that tradition where um, where George Lucas is kind of like, I mean, I made my movies. I told the story I wanted to tell. You guys can can hit it. Um, we can have this idea of canon. But like I, my my cent- my central story was told and I'm happy with that. Yeah. And I don't I, I don't necessarily need to get too in the weeds with anything else or like or res- even respond to the some of the stuff you're saying. So, like, I think that's a, a way to go if you're a creator. Totally. I don't I don't think that's an option for anybody who picks this up after him. No. And I think that it proves to me that. Basically, the the feeling towards continuing um, this franchise was sort of like, I mean, who really cares? This is to make money. You guys pump out whatever you want. It's okay. Like, Disney doesn't need to see that you have, like, a grand scheme. Just that, you know, when we run it by our, like, our audiences, they, like, smile when they're supposed to and they frown when they're not supposed to, like, when they're supposed to. Yeah. Like, you know, I just, it feels, it, it's just, like, it, um, symptomatic of how sloppy it all, all the storytelling is, where it's just like, well... We're, you've you've painted this character into a corner, but now we have 
other artists who would like to take it in a different direction. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to do the same thing JJA did when he had like retconned everything and then build it from the ground up again. I mean, eventually these uh, eventually from my feeling on this is like eventually these balls of clay that we keep smashing and rebuilding and smashing and rebuilding. Eventually, they're just not going to be feel impactful anymore because you're like, well, what is tr- what even is true? Like. Who can what 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 can I believe and what and what is important for me to take out of this? It's a weird extended universe world we live in. I'm happy we've been able to share this these pieces with you because I think that they were important since this movie did such an unsatisfying job, but it's not something I want to depend on in yeah. the future. Let's talk a little bit about the Colin Trevorrow. He wrote a a movie called Duel of the Fates when he did the first version of episode nine for Star Wars. And right. in it, it picks up with Rey trying to figure out if the Jedi should be a thing or not and pushing up against the Force being all good or all evil. And mm-hmm. simultaneously, we have Kylo Ren being stalked by the ghost of Luke, harassing him and trolling him throughout the movie. <laughs> and they're like, see this empty tomb, boy? This is where the dark side's going to take you. Like, oh my God! We are I am... So angry we were robbed of that. <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Because that, that part's amazing. That's but like, hilarious. But he falls in and finds uh, the Jedi that like was to have trained Luke if Vader uh, had successfully turned him. Like, not a Jedi, a Sith Lord, like a retired Sith Lord um, on the planet of Mustafar. So part of me wonders if like they had been preparing to film on Mustafar like at the beginning of uh, Rise of Skywalker because of this early draft. Anyway... So he's being trained to become, like, even worse. And Rey's, like, finding herself and, like, questioning the Force and stuff. And and still can't decide if, like, he can be saved. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like, whatever. That's not the compelling part of this to me. He Apparently, he's just too much darkness. And so his light is extinguished by the Force uh, while they're on this alternate plane fighting. So that's pretty much, you know, those are some of the highlights of what would have happened. Um, I read some things, too. Yeah. Tell me tell me some of the things you read about what was going to happen. I loved that Palpatine, Palpatine remained dead and that yeah. Ray is not at all related to him. Sexy as hell. <laughs> I, never I love I think that, that idea was sexy, but it was. It was. And yeah. pretty much everything is sexier than Ray being related to Emperor Palpatine. Uh-huh. I'll be honest with you. And I like that I like that he in general it seems like he picked up the threads that he was given and he like worked it. Yeah. Like like he even finished he tried to it sounds like from what I've read he tried to he, there was like a whole subplot around like Finn and Rose um saving the the children that they saw that were enslaved on that um Vegas planet. Oh yeah, and, I did read something about that. And apparently, I, I don't child soldiers, but like in a let's change things kind of way, almost. Well, that is what I was kind of wondering about. So I read that they were going to be child soldiers, and I wondered if Finn was going to have like an arc of being like, "I'm doing what I happened to me with these kids because they're powerful and good." And then I almost wonder if that sort of gives you payoff on the moral quandaries of war. Yeah, like you have opportunity there at least, which I like. Totally. I mean, like, I just I, when I when I read about it, I'm like, I would like to see this movie. <laughs> I mean, no, like, I, I yeah. Agree. And that's why it sounds good. So I wanted to touch on that and then talk about <laughs> headcanon. What uh, either what movie we wish we had seen or I'm going to give you first my favorite piece of headcanon. So we've revisited so just just to go over our notes. 
Kylo Ren is not the same person as Ben Solo, and Ben Solo actually uh, isn't responsible for that many crimes of Kylo Ren because Kylo Ren apparently didn't do that many bad things. So, you know, that's... Okay. Evil just twin ha- scenario. Just, just catch us off. Yeah. <laughs> so, here's my theory. I'm bummed out about uh, the idea of Ben Solo dying at the end of Rise of Skywalker after, like, one kiss and his first smile on the trilogy. I just, I don't know. Um, do you think it was ending. his first kiss? Uh, yes. Do you think that Kylo Ren died with his V card firmly intact? Yes. <gasps> well, that is that's a damn shame. That's a yeah. damn shame. No, it it is. It is. Um yeah, unless they did more with those hands in The Last Jedi. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Star Wars is taking on a distinctly seedy <laughs> element. <laughs> anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> All right, so I don't know, Kate, you said it, so... What if, what if, at the end, when he disappears, that's not actually him dying and disappearing to the Force, Mary? What if, what if, what if, he's transported to a hell dimension that runs at a different timeline than Rey's dimension, and then one day... He comes back in the middle of the night. She's just trying to prepare for prom and, you know, like, and then suddenly she has to care for for this, like, rabid creature that is her, uh, <laughs> do you get what I'm doing? Do I get it? I get, get, I get what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I get, I get it. So, I get uh, it. yeah, I think he's just in another hell dimension and eventually uh, he'll be back and that's why we don't see his force ghost. That's, that's my official take. <laughs> <laughs> being rabid <laughs> I just it just like came through and I was like man it's where they disappeared he was with force ghost so I was like wait a minute <laughs> wait a minute hold on hold on I've seen this I've, I've seen, seen this th- before <laughs> this seems this seems like something that maybe I've seen before <laughs> it's really funny that's yeah, very yeah. funny I, I do wish we'd gotten uh, some uh, sassy Luke trolling. Uh, oh my god, uh, Kylo Ren! Because that would have been a lot more fun for me. Can we? Than, can like, we Jesus. just fix? Can we just like fix it and like have him be like a like a? Tr- I, I would never buy the DVD for this, but can he just be like a commentary track where he just trolls this whole movie as sassy I Luke? I would love it. Love it. Love it. Ah, uh, yeah. I bet he would love great. doing it. Anyway. Oh, he would super love doing it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I wish uh, those are those are some of my head cannons. Uh, just just throwing those in there because, you know, I don't know if you have any what you would want differently. <sighs> I feel how like my stuff. It, how I would other, fix other it. Other than other than not being Nazis thing. All right. Because we're living in a world in which they're not. not. Well, they are Nazis. Well, he's just he's not a not. Nazi. Yes. He's not a Nazi. Yeah. Um. I'm sorry I think, I've made you join this fantasy world with me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no worries. I think that <laughs> what I would want is, I think I would really want it to not depend so much on this romantic partnership. Totally. I totally, think, totally, totally. I think it'd be fine. Like he kind of his arc stops mattering a lot for me, given if he's not going to be the villain. If he's yeah, not going to be totally. the villain then it kind of doesn't matter what happens to him. Mm-hmm. And so that's all well and good. I think the thing that I would want to do is I would want to make this a store. I would I would want to spend most of my time fleshing out um, Finn's story and fleshing out Poe's story. And I think that yes. Finn, 
I think that it would be interesting to have Finn and Poe sort of examine, um, like, if this like, I can pick anything I want, yeah. examine and, and discuss war as both a, um, a hero of war, Poe is a hero, right? Yeah. And Finn is, like, one of the saddest types of casualty you can have from war, which is a child soldier. Yeah. Right? And maybe, and that would be, I, I like, I understand I that, that no one would, go, no one would go see this movie because Whatever. it's going to no, be no, really no, dark. No, 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 no. That's but not I think what we're, that's, in, what we're do, that's not the game we're playing right now. Right. Maybe. I think it'd be an interesting, it could maybe be an interesting comic book. I think that that would be really cool. I think that you could loop some Rose in there too. But more importantly, I think that Ray should be in it too. Like, I, I think that part, part of her, the, the needle that they never thread and it really sucks because they should thread it and it, it's almost there. It's like tantalizingly there is that you have this question of the morality of war and basically what it's what it's what they're waging is almost like a war of religions and you have the same sort you have the same force. Right. But different like interpretations of it and different ideas yeah. of it. So to make her question about the morality of war, uh, the morality of the force work, you almost have to have her face the wars that it has brought about. So like she needs to be there. So like, I don't understand in all of these stories, why, why those moments are so fleeting. She should be right there with them. The, those yes. three together are really well set up to tell an interesting story, especially in the Star Wars space, about about what it is to fight a religious war, what it is to fight a war in general. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not the stuff of a big budget movie. No, no, but... no. But I think this would be a great graphic novel run. Yeah. Uh, I would be interested to become ex- a thruple if, you know, we really wanted to, you know, resurrect all of Oscar Isaac's hard work at there being a gay storyline between uh, <laughs> Finn and Poe. I just, I love him literally is... going on video and being like, I kept pushing for it, but the Disney uh, exec said no. And like being asked, would you ever do another Star Wars movie? He's like, no, no, I'm not working with Disney again. I do. I do like and, you know, and and I totally understand why he is able. He's like 40, right? Yeah, he is. And he um, is one of Kate's boys. He is both on the list of not Kate's boys from uh, from Ex Ex Machina Machina. and also on the list of Kate's boys. For his Star Wars trilogy, uh, and and in life, like I think he's life. a wonderful, and just, yeah, he's and pretty just being wonderful, real attractive and charismatic in real life. Yeah, and he seems and he seems like he kind of like gets a it. Good dude. Yeah, I mean, like literally like, speaking out about and like being like I literally actively campaigned for a gay storyline for my character. I think it's cool. I'm down with no, it. No, super cool, super yeah. cool. And I and it shows that he like gets it. Like yes. he understands and sees and sees the problems um, with what what choices were made that he pretty yeah, much didn't have any control over. Conservative movie, Adam Driver wouldn't even go and publicize it. I think that I think a lot of people are disappointed with what ended up happening here. Yeah, although didn't I mean like Daisy and uh, John have had to kind of yeah. like toe the line. John Boyega and Daisy Ridley have towed the line a lot. Oscar which... Isaac and Adam Driver have not. Um, well, well, Oscar Isaac hasn't. Adam Driver just pieced out. Which I'm I, I get. I mean, ultimately, to me, that becomes a story of like who has options and who doesn't. And no, one hundred percent agree. Let's, because like and, he doesn't and, have to. Like he's... yeah, and who doesn't have the option? The woman and the black guy. Yeah. Yikes, Rama. Like yeah. right. Like I mean, Oscar Isaac's. I'm sure is enjoying his paycheck from this immensely. I hope oh, he is. I'm positive that he is. But he know? had an established career. It's a weird movie for him to make anyway. Yeah. 
So like he can, I think, probably just kind of like step away and mm-hmm. and and just kind of back off. Like this was a chance for um for Daisy and John to like really roar on and become stars. Like yeah. that is what like they needed that. I mean, John Boyega has had a, a good career otherwise. But Daisy like really this is his first couple movies. Like Yeah, she's almost in nothing nothing beyond this. You know, I, I kind of understand why they have to be like, no, we were so happy. We're so happy about yeah, all no. the choices that were made. <laughs> totally. And I want her to have a long and happy career because I do think she's an amazing actress. I do. Both I think of them are great. Face. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Just, they they deserve yeah. every ounce of success. And I, if not more, definitely more than what they're getting now. Yeah. Um, I, I know that they probably they could do like the Daniel Radcliffe and like probably never work again. Um, sure, but, but Daniel Radcliffe does make movies and shit in theater, so like whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I, I don't know if they made Daniel Radcliffe bucks. I hope. I hope they did. I I don't think they did just because of the fewer number of movies and also yeah. being a woman and a black man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of and uh, yeah, it's just it, it makes me it makes me feel sad that you see <laughs> you see it so poignantly in this film. Like who has options, who doesn't, who is able to speak out against stuff and, and age and uh, gender and um, color apparently matter a lot. Yeah. Right. Adam Driver does not need Star Wars to ever work again. No, he doesn't. Right? Yeah. He's probably going to win an Oscar. He's going to be fine. Yeah. For a movie which I will not see, Marriage Story. I, I think that is an excellent point. Well, t- well taken. Well spotted. Thank you. Oh, and also Rose. Or maybe we just have a movie that's just like, you know what? Forget everyone. And we can just make a movie Oh, Rose. God. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. All right. So I did want to. Oh, and I can't believe I didn't talk about it in our main podcast. But like some things I wanted to say about. That's uh, what this is for. I know. Some things I want to say about the fandoms. <clears throat> uh, the female fandoms really sweet. They uh, I don't know if you saw the videos where they made Kelly Trang a book. That was oh yeah, I saw this. Yeah. Rose. yeah, yeah, because she wasn't any of the merchandise, so like telling stories about her and stuff, like just the way that they rallied around her. The um <clears throat> the Raylo fandom, which uh got a lot of shit online after this movie was released because you know whatever. Uh, they rallied together and opening weekend got a bunch of people to donate to Adam Driver's fundraiser, Art and the Armed Forces, because he was originally in the military and it like uh, brings art classes and stuff and opportunities like that to uh, the Armed Forces. And they were able to raise over $90,000. And that's how they channeled their dissatisfaction and anger at Rise of Skywalker by um, donating money. So... I think that's cool, considering what the Star Wars fandom at large is famous for doing with their anger, which is harassing people and getting people to like Kelly Marie trying to delete their Instagram. I, you know, I thought that was really cool and worth that is really cool. It's sort of a it's sort of a bummer because when you have something like Star Wars, you have people there's so much variety of Mm -hmm. fandom and it's sort of like the squeakiest wheel gets the grease. And it's unfortunate because. I don't I don't think the people I don't think people who the the vast majority of people who like Star Wars and care about Star Wars and will consume Star Wars media watched The Last Jedi and were like, what's a, what's this like what's this I feminist agree. bullshit? Like they maybe liked it or they didn't and they had up complaints or they didn't. I don't think that that entered most of their minds. I, in fact, if I thought it did, I, yeah, I might no, go totally. crazy. Totally. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, I, 
I maybe there are some at best I would assume that there are some stuff that's just like um like patriarchal notions that are really that people just haven't like examined that maybe came out but like I don't count that as the same as like as like viciously totally. attacking someone those people totally. know what they're doing like they're not they're not confused yeah. you know and it's unfortunate that the squeakiest wheels get the grease because I feel like the stories we are told now are responding to them and then oop oops we've made a proto we've made a pro-fascist movie and it's you're like yeah it's because fascists are the people you listen to yeah. you dum-dums yes <laughs> like w- what did you yes. think was gonna happen and so it's it's unfortunate like it's like you know it's sort of I would consider myself a fan of Star Wars. I have, I never, like, I don't post on any Star Wars Reddits. As you know, I, I like, basically am completely divorced from Star Wars uh, books yeah, totally, or comics totally. or anything like that. It's, it's, just, it's just, it's just, like, not part yeah. of my fandom. But, like, we haven't, we all have an equal share in this. Um, and it's just telling to me who they've decided yeah. to cater to. And that is a betrayal that is It really felt that way to me as well. Like, the fact that they were walking back a movie that meant a lot to a lot of people and was really good and appealing to a really vocal, shitty, small contention of people. Um, anyway. Yeah. And I could be wrong. I mean, like, I was wrong about Trump, too. Like, maybe, maybe, maybe he's more popular than I thought. But even then... You know, Even I question then, you have it. The power I'm like, as an artist yeah. to choose the story you're telling, and that was a fucking lame ass choice for J.J. Abrams to make. What a perfect way of putting it. Yes, exactly. Like he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to engage with that. I mean, the mere fact, and this is why. So famously, in the '90s, Disney came out with this sentiment that they were not beholden to make great art; they were beholden to make money. That's what their yeah. point was yeah. as a company. Which is crazy to think about because you think, like, their image matters so much you would think that they would never admit something like that. But they did. And it's surprising. So it's – and they don't actually care that this movie is not good. They don't care because it still made – it still broke box office records. It still made all its money. So they don't have an incentive to care that it wasn't good. And they're going to continue – I mean, like – I, I do find it a little surprising that they've pulled in their horns so far on um, on things like Solo. Like, they, they kind of have cut off any um, further developments in sort of like the Rogue One vein. But really, they're not doing that because people didn't think those movies were good. And if you didn't think Rogue One was good, you were wrong. <laughs> but that's a conversation for a different time. But, like, yeah. I thought it was good. It's great. I never saw Solo, so I'm not sure if it's good, but I heard it was There's not. Um, but, like, they didn't. It's fine. Yeah. Um, But they don't care. They didn't pull in their horns on those things because they were um, because they were good pieces of art. They pulled in their horns on those things because they didn't make as much money as they wanted to. So there is definitely a thing about like voting with your dollars. I'm not I'm not really sure like what I recommend you do. I will say, though, that if you are angry about some if you're angry about this issue, just don't go see it opening weekend, I guess. Maybe that's some maybe that's like a hard pill we can make them swallow. I, I, um, I will say, I don't know. Hey, thank goodness for Mandalorian, guys. You know. Oh, thank uh, at this moment goodness. In Star Wars oh. uh, fandom, it's it's nice to know that that exists for us. So, key takeaway. Uh, well, first off, 
how are you going to look at the trilogy moving forward? I I think I'm just going to pretend like most of this movie didn't happen. Are are is there any of this trilogy you think you can carry on into like into into tomorrow or no? I think that short term the answer is no. I think that in general I'm feeling a little bit like I'm in like a state of like yeah, grief morning. and anger about about Star Wars yeah. in general. Like I mentioned at the end that I need to revisit the OG trilogy just to like confirm and make it like good in my mind that it's not fascist as well, just because it kind of like this yeah. sort of rattled me. But and I and I appreciate that you are like yeah, very no, reassuring. Um, but like, but I can't even like face that right now because I'm just like I feel I just feel sick about it. <laughs> you know, like it's just it just like it just like bums me out. I think eventually what I will be able to do is I will be able to kind of car- compartmentalize, and I have. Uh, I did this with the prequels, although for very different reasons. I'll be able to compartmentalize and be like, there were parts of this that I liked. There are parts of it that I didn't like. I will not, I think I will divorce it pretty strongly from how I think about Star Wars in general and almost see it as sort of like a failed experiment. It will depend on how Disney proceeds from here, I think, because... I also really enjoyed the enjoyed the first Iron Man and like and a smattering of other Marvel movies that I've really enjoyed. I mostly don't enjoy them anymore. Like like the vast majority of the movies I just think are kind of like meh or there's some that I think are kind of objectionable or whatever. And it has sort of like saturated the market to the point where I don't really want to see Marvel yeah. movies anymore, you know? I'm just I'm I'm full. So I hope that that doesn't happen to me with Star Wars in general. And I think that's why it's going to be really necessary for me to compartmentalize how I I view these different um, waves of this franchise. I think think that's easier to do with things that aren't just like a movie that's a continuation of the Star Wars saga, you know? Um, Absolutely. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm going to definitely keep watching Mandalorian. There's no question. There's no question. I'll watch season two for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, if they if if they, if we got like a like a Poe uh, Carrie Russell backstory, I can't remember her uh, character's Zori name, Bliss. which is unfortunate. Zori. If we got one of those, I would totally. definitely go see it. <laughs> I would love to see that yeah. movie. Um, that movie is going to be yeah. hot. They'll just have to recap. Uh, <laughs> fine, but I'll hate it. I'll hate it, Mary. Yeah. Well, maybe they'll make a Lego movie. I, I, I always thought, like, I was like, if you can't get the same people to do it, like, this is how I felt about Solo, too. I was like, they should do a Lego movie and they should let Harrison yeah. Ford do the voice. Like, totally. that's what they should do. Because it's just, and, and and I believe that history proved me right. That people were like, it's weird because it's not him and he is who the character is. I feel that way about Poe, too. I would not totally want him to be recast. Yeah. I think that that would be a mistake. Yeah, it's, it's him. I, I can't move past that i would totally see i might even consider seeing like a um lando uh janna uh janna movie um i think it'd be really important to have and and historical honestly for star wars to be like here is a dad who's gonna try real hard to make it up to his kid and be a good dad and honestly having that character be a black person who's doing that would be amazing a lot of people would be awesome i would love that um for a Disney Plus show with starring the two of them. 
So cool. Yeah, I would I would watch it. So so I guess that the answer is like I would I'm going to compartmentalize this like almost to like uh, quarantine sure. it a little bit because I have such bad yeah. feelings about it. But then but then move maybe maybe there are new new branches that I would enjoy. I mean, I'm glad you brought up Mandalorian. It's funny. I almost didn't like consider them part of the well, same I, thing. I, I literally because I was experiencing them both simultaneously, like when I saw this movie and like I for me, it was like. I'm so glad that this branch exists and that it's so viable that I can climb onto it instead. Uh, so for me, like they are yeah. intrinsically linked and that is the thing that gives me hope in this franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that uh, I think I'm definitely quarantining this particular movie, uh, Rise of Skywalker, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm leaving The Last Jedi out there because it fills me with so many kinds of joy every time I watch it. So, you know. And I think it depends on how you view these puzzle box yeah. narratives. I feel like I feel like I I get really angry <laughs> about when yeah. they don't pay off, and sort no, of no, like it, and I and I like throw my I like flip I just, the table. Ah! Everything except for Cantabite, honestly. Not that Cantabite's bad, but like I think that there's just this dynamism between everything that's like forced related or whatever that's going on throughout it that is really good and enjoyable but um all the jedi stuff man i love it all i think it does really well and it's before carrie fisher's it definitely you know yeah i know so let's just just pretend like that never happened Um, you know pretend like that never happened um i i think it's totally i mean like because i guess kind of rounding out this idea of like this all this belongs to all of us yeah we have every right we have every right to to rewrite and reshape the story to suit our individual needs as people. I think that, you know, it's we have we have the right to do that because it's clear that the creators, at least in this leg of it, are not going to um, advocate for us. They are not on our side <laughs> or they're not willing to be on our side. Yeah. Um. So we have the right to do whatever we want. Death of the author. Like, we can move Death forward. Of the author. I agree. 1,000%. Well, I, I think that that wraps us up for uh, this, our bonus episode for the end of the Star Wars trilogy. Feel good? I do feel good. I feel cleansed. I, I kind of thought, I kind of thought that I would feel, like, bad <laughs> once it was <laughs> over. But yeah. it felt really good to talk it through. Um yeah. and and just like and, and just like yeah, just like hash hash it out. Um totally. I love you so much. I love you so much. And Aww. and shit like this isn't gonna take away the fact that like Princess Leia is dope and important and there will always be next and newer and better sci fi stories coming and we'll be here to enjoy them. No matter what yeah. DJ Abrams does. Burn that motherfucker yeah. to the ground. I'm kidding. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, the, f- yeah. The, so- is, the future is female, even if even if this story doesn't think so. <laughs> exactly. Even if J.J. Abrams does not think so, this, this, uh, the, and the this trilogy. In, in this galaxy and every galaxy is female. Is yeah. female. Yeah, for sure. Well, so in an abbreviated version of our close-off, I'm just going to tell you, hey, take it easy and cheers. Cheers.
outrageous. 